Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm having mixed emotions where I'm like, I know he's got to be in his 20s, so it's okay to think he's like, you know, sexy. But then I'm like, is he a high school student? It's a real gray area there for some of us. <laughs> but not for the law. Yeah, not for the yeah, law. Not for the law. No gray areas. So if they're underage, it's illegal. Off to the races. We are Hello, back Vanya. from the Thanksgiving. Hello, Evren. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh my gosh. We, it was, I was out of town for 10 days in Washington State. Washington. And we did my grandma's memorial, which I, we, you know, we talked about uh, that yeah. I was going. I don't know if, if you follow. I, my grandma died. It's really <laughs> sad. Um, but actually, it was really good to, you know, mourn with family and all that stuff and just hear funny stories about her. She was yeah. a spicy little thing. And, uh, you know, she was actually a really protective, loving little lady. And her shoes, her feet were so small. At the church where they did the memorial, they had like the, you know, they had like a Bible. She was very, she loved Jesus a lot. And then she's a beautiful picture of her. And then these tiny little wedding shoes that were, they must have been made for her. But they were heels, like high heels. And they were a size three and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She was, I mean, she wasn't a little I didn't person, know they, but she was near a little person. I didn't know they made adult shoes that size. I think it's So very yeah, they hard. probably were specially made. Well, I loved the video that you made. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I made a video like um, of just, uh, you know, pictures and stuff. That's kind of my job in the family because I edit video. But yeah, it was funny because it was very, it's very sad. Oh my gosh, someone passes away and, you know, but I had to put, I had to put this part because my grandma weirdly has a lot of, she never rode motorcycles, but she has so many pictures of her just sitting on <laughs> I love that was my favorite part because I mean what a beautiful full life you know those pictures you painted such a beautiful 
you know, portrait of the life of your grandmother. And then my favorite part was out of nowhere. It's like, and it's granny on the motorcycles. And it was so funny and so wonderful. (laughs) I think she would have gotten a kick out of it too. Cause you know, she, she liked to tease here and there. So that's kind of was my last little tease to my grandma. So anyways, and then we did Thanksgiving. We did it all. We ate too much. We made amazing food. It was really good to be with family, but I have to be honest. I am so happy to sleep in my own bed. Yeah. Oh, my God. But you didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. No. No, I stayed here. We went to my father-in-law's. Uh, we cooked all day. It was awesome. We watched the West Westminster Dog Show. Oh, yeah. And then we watched the dog show from the year before. Okay. Because <laughs> football was on, too. But we were like, no, let's watch doggies. But it was great. We made awesome food, ate a ton Came home relatively early. I feel like we were home by seven and then just went to bed oh, after man. eating That's way nice. too much food. But it was it was wonderful, as always. Do it's you nice know to cook. what my favorite Thanksgiving movie is, besides the ones that we covered, of course, earlier in this month? Uh, it It is best in show because it is essentially oh, so about like a dog show, like the Westminster. Mm-hmm. They call it the Mayflower. But Adam and I watch that, too. It's just so funny. It's so good. That's one of Christopher Guest's best movies, Agreed. hands down. Yeah, Best in Show is probably like my third favorite Christopher Guest movie. Ooh, what's yeah. your first? Waiting for Guffman. Yes, what's your second? Um, I think Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah, sure. Because yeah. it's just like too, it's, I mean, it was like the creation of yeah. that style for him. And it's just so good. Uh, I guess it's like a, a tie, Spinal Tap and Best in Show. Because Best in Show, I feel like the humor in that is made me I maybe laughed more if that makes yeah. sense but like the brilliance of Spinal Tap is just I gotta turn it up to 11. I love know? it I love it so much yeah that's, so we watched that that was so funny well, that is a good one I should it. try I'm to make happy. that a Thanksgiving tradition instead of watching a real dog show that I don't really care about yeah I'm like where are the where are the Australian shepherds oh look it's like my dog and that's <laughs> that I get yeah. excited about <laughs> totally but yeah, it was good. I'm glad to be back uh, doing the rom crime I know, thing me too. I missed you. I know. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm used to seeing your beautiful face more than once a week. And I then, know. yeah. So, so it's we're good, to, good to be back. Yep. And you picked back. such a fun movie because you picked a new movie. I did. So, I, I decided to go for, because we are approaching, not approaching, we are dipping our whole bodies into the holiday season if you celebrate Christmas and even if you don't I bet you like the movies I do I I mean I celebrate Christmas and I do like the movies but I love a holiday rom-com you know we we didn't get into Hallmark movies yet which I don't know if we will this year but maybe I don't know we haven't fully decided it we haven't planned out our entire month I have to say that Hulu we could Hulu at the moment has an entire when you scroll through like the types of things you can watch, that's just like holiday romance movies. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they got to have some so, calm in there. And yo, yeah. All holiday romance movies are rom-coms. I think. Yeah. So what, so actually I will say, so we are doing, we're covering a movie that is streaming on Netflix called love hard. It is. It just mm-hmm. came out like a month ago or so. And I think at one point it was like number one, you know, Netflix viewing. Sure. Um, people on the critical side of the writing world in the internets, they're a little bit harsh to this movie, but also people need to realize that rom-coms obviously have a formula for God's sake. And I do think that this rom-com 
holiday rom-com, it turns it turns it just where it needs to be turned. So I think it made it a little extra fun. I really liked it. I just watched it last Yay! night. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. I yeah. laughed. Uh I definitely thought it was sweet. Yes. I loved the I thought the actors were had great chemistry, like the main two. Which like, is I bought essential. it. I bought it, you know. So I liked it. I can't wait for you to I guess we should, so spoiler alert, because this is not necessarily a movie that anyone has That's seen a hundred times over. Yeah. That's true. I don't go into every single detail, but probably enough to where we should definitely spoil alert spoiler alert it. And if you do listen, you I think it'll make you wanna go watch it because I do think you're right. The chemistry is important and it happened here. Cause I don't think it always happens. Like those, no offense to the Hallmark movies, but the chemistry is like hardly, it's so shiny and like Botox that it's hard to even see anybody having an emotion. It's chased too. Yeah. It's like desexualized completely. Yeah. So maybe that's the they way. don't actually want chemistry. They like don't have real chemistry. Don't right. make the people uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was directed by Hernan Jimenez, and it was written by Danny McKay, which no, or sorry, no, not Danny McKay, Danny Danny Mackey, no relation to Avron, by the way. Mm. And this is his only. This is only his third writing credit, and he's also an actor. He kind of is like a beefy. A good-looking guy. Oh, weird. So yeah. not Danny McKay of, like, Step Brothers. No, that'd, like be, the director. that'd be bizarre. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and okay. Then, I did not realize that. Yeah, Danny Mackey. And then it's also written by another, like, co-written by a woman named Rebecca Ewing, which this is her first writing credit. So to me, that says there is hope for us rom-com writers, you know? Yes. So it, yeah. I loved it. I loved, I loved it too. It. I thought it was really fun. And there are some parts where you're like, what the hell? But you know what? I One thing that I think is interesting from covering something that was current, like this movie is just came out, was made in the last year during COVID. And as opposed to a movie we've been doing, because I do have such a, like a place in my heart for 90s rom-coms. The difference oh, yeah. is there's so much less problematic things you have to like think about or talk about. I usually have like a problematic section in my review. <laughs> uh, you're like, don't really what? have they that here. Shouldn't have said, but they're all they did. Uh, checking yeah. the right boxes. So, Love Hard stars Nina Dobrev, who is best known for Vampire Diaries, and she's done a bunch of other horror movies and different little things. Yeah. She's she's really delightful. I thought she was the girl from Entourage, and my husband was like, "No, it's a different. That's a different actress." I was like, "Oh, well, they look very similar." Um, also, the, the <laughs> same actress, which I am so bad. It's she was in the Zohan, or do you know that movie? Anyways, the Zohan. I don't know if I know that one. Oh yeah, it it had um it was an Adam Sandler movie and it was just kind of ridiculous, but it's like Fear the Zohan or anyway, she was in that too. Not the same actress. This is Nina Dobrev, which is a younger person, uh, younger than the one that I'm thinking of. She plays a an unlucky in love Natalie Bauer, who is a writer for a column. It the column is kind of she writes a column that's kind of like a sadder Sex in the City version where she tells right. the Right. Also yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I love that. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to raise my hand. Could you believe the similarities to our friend's book and this first scene where she's writes a column called Always a Bridesmaid? And then her oh. friend's like, you're the lowest common denominator in all of these scenarios. And I was like, um, I've heard this Oh, before. yeah. Girl, I was like that idea that ever I literally stopped and thought to myself, oh, they took our idea. But, you know. Lots of ideas people have. That's true. And idea, I will say, you know? the, what, the idea that we're not talking about, because I think he's still writing it. He has, is. Has I'm a not going to spoil it. 
Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of the thing. It's, you know, the girl who can never find a guy. It makes it makes sense. I've definitely heard that trope before as well. You're totally right. Um, but let's see where was I where she tells a horrible. OK, so she writes this column. Yeah. About horrible online dating experiences. And yet she continues to date online and every disaster dating story that she posts, her editor is like, you're great. This is amazing. But yet she still pines for the perfect love. And in typical rom-com fashion, the guy, her editor is like, encourage you just keep going. You just keep going. We've got to have the papers, you know. <laughs> but Natalie is like incredibly miserable until her wacky best friend encourages her to broaden her online dating search to all of the U.S. outside of L.A. Because apparently, actually, according to this rom-com, and who knows, maybe it was Rebecca Ewing who was the writer. Who knows? <laughs> but according to this rom-com, there is a lot of douches in L.A. So you got to broaden your search. I was not laughing because yeah. I never honestly had to. I didn't ever online date because I got married young. So young, mm-hmm. a child bride. Um, <laughs> but anyways, she opens up her search and she matches with a man from Lake Placid, New York, named Josh, whose picture boasts a gorgeous, rugged man with great eyebrows. And surprise, turns out he's not just pretty, but also a really great person to talk to. And they begin mm-hmm. their flirty, funny, smart, and often deep, text exchanges and and also like long sometimes all night phone calls and that was a cute scene that was cute I know he read her the poem and she fell asleep and he was still on the phone in the morning I mean maybe a little creepy too but you know very cute I feel like I've (laughs) I've done that before I remember doing a long distance relationship with my husband and being like I don't want to leave you you know I don't it's it sounds cheesy but some of this shit really happens in real life where you're just like so lonely so it is a very sweet scene, and it actually shows that the guy behind the phone has a heart, right? Like someone who cares For about sure. her. Like a thoughtful man. So this is where we're going to need to all suspend our disbelief to, or a little bit because <laughs> she decides... He So the guy, Josh, texts her. He's like, all I want for Christmas, I just wish we could be together. So without ever having a video chat or FaceTiming, she's like, you know what? I'm going to buy a ticket and show up at Lake Placid to his house so we can so I can fulfill his dream and we could be together for the holidays. And I'm just like, OK, so um, because at this <laughs> point, I feel like in any long. Well, actually, it's only been a few weeks, but like, let's assume you're having an online relationship. You'd, the guy would at least have tried to do some cyber sex at some point, right? Of course, yeah. None of that is depicted. No, and so I feel like that should right there be a red flag for her because she's dated a lot. Like, she talks about how she understands what a dick pic is and she knows all the ins and outs of online dating. She should have been like, Spidey sense up. He hasn't asked for Mm -hmm. a boob or hasn't sent a dick or whatever. Anyways, she probably just thought him a gentleman for not attempting it. Oh, naive, Natalie. So naive. Mm -hmm. So her plane arrives in the teensy-weensy airport at Lake Placid. Her luggage does not. It is very, very cold oh. there. It is essentially, it's a place where they like, Olymp- isn't that where Olympic skiers and like bobsledders like train throughout the year, Lake Placid. So it's like extremely cold in New York. She's I wearing- always just think of it from the movie Lake Placid with the giant alligator and Betty White. But- <laughs> oh my God, I know. I swear <laughs> to God, it's all I can think of. 
<laughs> the only reason I know about Lake Placid is because I worked for the Olympic, you know, for a company that was doing advertising for the Olympics, <laughs> and they talked about Lake Placid a lot. And I was just like, oh, that's what, because I thought it was just Betty White and the big alligator. And the big giant alligator or crocodile. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But it's a big one. <laughs> so she's just wearing a freaking mini skirt. She looks adorable, but she's not a smart person, not prepared at all. So with no extra, cl- uh, no extra clothes, she goes to his house to surprise him. And the, uh, the door, you know, she, uh, her, his family answers the door and they're really sweet. I actually am kind of obsessed with the guy who plays her dad because he's been in a couple things. His name's James Saito. And the mom, I can't remember what she, the mom is... Um, yeah, he's a Japanese actor. He was Shredder. He was the original Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Get is, out! Yes, that's why he seemed familiar. I know, but he but he's been in so many things that I'm like, you're freaking, you're a good actor. Anyways, I love him. Uh, so he plays the dad, and um, and then the mom's white. So we have an Asian dad. We have a white mom played by uh, Rebecca Stab, and. Um, just get right back to my notes, guys. I had to jump on IMDb <laughs> real quick because I just don't want to miss misspeak about someone's name because that's just not fair. These goddamn actors yeah. are trying so hard. It is hard to be They're an working. They are working. <laughs> and for Netflix, here we go. So they, they, she ans- the family answers the door and they're like, who are you looking for? She's like, Josh, you can tell him it's Natalie. And they're like, okay. They're like completely like, what the hell? They call Josh upstairs and oh, guess what, guys? It was a it's a catfish experience at moment here. Yeah. So it's not a sexy the sexy picture man that was uh, b- depicted to her in the profile pic. It is let's see. I actually this guy grew on me. I have to say, Josh is played mm-hmm. by actor Jimmy O Yang, who is most well known to me from for um, Silicon Valley, and. If you haven't seen any of his work, let's just say he's more of on the indoor kids side rather than like a rugged outdoorsman. He's a, he's a right. cute guy, but just like not like typical model cute, which is the picture that we were seeing. Um, it was actually of actor. What's this guy's name? Uh, Darren Barnett, who we will meet later in the film because he does show up. But, you know, so he's just like a simpler, more simple looking dude. And she's pissed. Natalie's irate of course like as you would be irate I would be um, yeah so she's she used all of her miles to go meet her new love who she'd never even facetimed with and surprise he wasn't who she thought he was so I'm, she leaves which I would too but as they're outside having their she's like I'm just gonna get the hell out of here there's a funny thing with like she grabs the baby Jesus and she's like baby Jesus try you know take the wheel because <laughs> it's something I say a lot um, I say it to be funny, but I also slightly mean it um, because sometimes I just don't know what the hell to do. But it was, it's a funny mm-hmm. moment. Um, so she finds her way to a bar. And so this is like a little this is a bit where she goes to a bar and she she sees the real guy in her photo. And she's like, holy shit, this is the guy. He actually isn't just like like a screenshot from the Internet. This is a man who lives in Lake Plas- and It turns out that it's actually one of Josh's childhood friends, but they, you know, lost touch because this guy, his name's Tag, was a real outdoorsy guy. And Josh is not so much an outdoorsy person, though his father owns like the like neighborhood sporting goods store. Josh is like just a salesman there and he'd much rather be, you know, 
creating, uh, making candles. Well, you know, we find out about that later. But anyways, she decides to, it's karaoke night, which I love this. I'm like, yay, Mm -hmm. karaoke moment. And she (laughs) takes these shots and starts to sing. She's like, this is the real sexy karaoke song. This is always get some. But the shots have kiwi in them. And she's like deathly allergic to kiwi. And her whole face swells. It's actually pretty freaking hilarious. Hilarious. She's singing Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love. (laughs) And so she's got her back to the audience and she turns around and the whole time in the movie, we've seen her beautiful, gorgeous Nina Dobrev face. But then when she does her big turn for uh-huh. her song, her face is like blown up yeah, in she, an allergic reaction and she has no idea. Everybody's so like, whoa. Sexy... <laughs> it was oh pretty God. funny. And then Josh, as she passes out, Josh finds her at the bar. He saves her by taking to her, pay, taking her to the vet, which to me just says, is Lake Placid that small that they don't have like an emergency I, room? Have, it must be. They made it seem like a real small town. Yeah, There's I like, feel like it's that 30 small. minutes away is the closest doctor. But the vet's happy to like take in someone and stab him with an EpiPen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like this. It's funny. So I'm, ex- I, I'm a, just I'm into it. I'm diving in. I'm leaning in. So while most people would run, obviously, not walk from a catfish situation like this, Natalie makes a devil's bargain with Josh. He will set her up with the real guy from the photo, the ruggedly handsome, you know, neighborhood dude named Tag, played by, like I said, Darren Barnett, who played a high school kid in Never Have I Ever. Did you watch Never Have I Ever? Never. Is that a horror movie? No, that's the one that Mindy Kaling, it's the TV series. Never Have I Ever. Oh, no, I oh, haven't. It's fun. You'd like it. I've only got, I only got through the first season so far, but it's really good. And, but he plays like a really hot high school student. So I'm having a little bit of hard time. I'm, I'm having, I'm having mixed emotions where I'm like, I know he's got to be in his 20s. So it's okay to think he's like, you know, sexy. But then I'm like, is he a high school student? It's a real gray area there for some of us. <laughs> but not for the law. Yeah, not for the yeah, law. Not so for if they're the underage, no gray it's illegal. Anyway. Um, and to help Josh, so, and so, and then in turn, Josh is, sorry, Natalie's going to help Josh out by pretending to be his girlfriend to impress his family. Because the way Josh's family looked at him after they found out he had a girlfriend was a feeling he had never had. He'd never had that accepting his parents were so excited. And I, I do understand, you know. Right. And the focus and attention was on him, which we will un- learn later is something he does not get a lot of no. either. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, they were. So he, she's like, OK, fine. That's fine. I've come 3000 miles. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. So notable moments. Oh, yeah. So I so from here, I kind of just because I didn't want to get too much into it because I want you to watch it and really enjoy this movie. But yeah, it's fun. All in all, through some shenanigans, Josh's competitive brother comes in from Christmas with his wife and they are like, we're having a baby. Well, now I'm giving you all the details. Anyways, <laughs> they basically have this competitive nature. And Josh is played by the um, that actor from Glee, who I will tell you right now, he was he should be in the credits. Oh, his brother. Yeah. He, and he they yeah, he sing- looked familiar. Um, I can't find him. Anyways, it's really funny. There's a moment where to up one up the brother, Josh asks Natalie to marry him. So the brother's like, we're having a baby. And then Josh is like, well, we're getting married. And so Natalie's like, oh, yep, that's right. So meanwhile, 
she's having this relationship with them, but all with Josh, but yet also she's going on dates and all these fun little mm-hmm. outings with Tag, who she's pretending now to be this like outdoorsy bitch, which we know she is not. She is like an L.A. Vegan, and he like hunts his own food, and his dad owns a steakhouse. Yeah, which <laughs> but is- they do real quickly. I just want to backtrack for a second. There's a great moment where they do a impromptu rewrite of the ever so date rapey song "Baby It's Cold Outside," yes. and I was filled with such joy that one that was acknowledged. I mean, it's always been widely acknowledged. I think that it's a date rapey song, but just the fact that he. On the spot. I mean, it was written in the script, but like seemed to like improvise a non rapey version of that song. And it was just damn cute. I agree. One of the highlights of the movie, for sure, when they're out Christmas caroling. And he has and um, that actor has a very lovely little voice. So they both did. I was kind of like between her karaoke scene and that one. I was like, oh, you can sing, Nina Dobrev. And then the guy who played Josh also had a good voice. Yeah. And then obviously the guy from Glee had a kick ass voice and was a show off. Exactly. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um, And I think there's so many delicious moments like that where we as audience members and especially lovers of rom-coms and holiday rom-coms to boot, we can look at these moments and be like, oh, look what they're doing. Yes. Uh, She also talks about her favorite um, movie, Christmas movie, being Die Hard, which is something my husband has always said is his favorite Christmas movie because it happens on Christmas Eve. And they also talk about Love Actually being, they're watching that and discussing Because that's his favorite Christmas Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And so they don't totally agree, but it's fine. They're they're getting closer and closer. And after this, um, what happens is the mom is like, oh, guys, lover, lovebirds, you're going to be announced in the newspaper tomorrow morning. And they're like, holy shit, no. We, you know, because he's trying to help Natalie, you know, date. Bang tag. (laughs) Exactly. So they get up super early and they basically screw this newspaper boy's whole route up and they steal all the papers. And this is like they have their kind of first, maybe not first, but like one of those really like kismetic, um, like charismatic, like, ooh, I can feel their. Right. There's like a little heat happening. There's heat. And it felt real. They're like, you know, even though they're just, you know, helping each other, it it starts to get a little, um, I feel like they could have boinked in that car right there, but they didn't. Notable moments that I love. Grandma, she says, nonsense, the pen is mightier than the penis. The grandma is so cute and funny, and this woman has been working for years. It's just fun to see. They give her all these, like, sassy, dirty lines. It's enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I like it. She, she it. wants to start online dating now that she's seen the success of Josh. Exactly. Yes, exactly. She She's like... One of her lines is something about like one of her friends is doing so well that she's getting more ass than a church pew. I was like, what? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Yeah, she had some great one liners. OK, so do you have any more notable moments that you really like loved that you want to highlight before I kind of get to the end? Because I feel like, um, again, I didn't want to give too much away. I want people no, to come yeah. and see it. But. Yeah, no, my favorite was, I think I already said it, was the impromptu rewriting of Baby It's Cold Outside. And then I guess we could quickly talk about the scene in the car where you kind of start to sense like maybe these two might be into each other is when she's like, show me your real dating profile. Since you felt like you spent all this time with your real big picture up and it didn't work. And he has all these pictures of him that are like real awkward. He's like holding a hammer and a wrench. And she's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't 
take pictures like holding tools that you could hurt people with and yeah. also you just like you don't look like you it doesn't reflect you so I thought that was hilarious I like all the pictures that. of him yeah I think it shows also that you know Natalie helps him realize that he is better than he perceives himself and sometimes guys if you're listening out there just get your sister or a friend or someone to help you with your your profile. online dating profile because what you think is, <laughs> it is funny it's like he heard someone say guys like a man who fixes things so he has himself right. in the, with the wrench I mean you know it's like have yeah. your friends help you out because everyone perceives things a little differently um, and then she's like okay so I don't know if I want to give that but like she just says promise me when this is all over you'll put up an honest profile with the real you and he's like I promise so that's cute right. well Natalie is dating tag so so it turns out Natalie actually catfishes Tag in a way. Now, I want to talk about this for, for a second. So they, the parents of Josh, do they gather everyone in their community at Tag's parents' restaurant for an impromptu surprise engagement party for Josh and Natalie. And they're like, oh, fart. And so everything kind of comes <laughs> crashing down here. Tag realizes yeah. that they're not brother and sister, that Josh and Natalie, not brother and sister, cousins, I think was, cousins. that they were trying yeah. to say. It realizes that. And actually, he, Tag, calls Natalie out and is like, you know what? You lied to me. I, you know, you pretended that you were outdoorsy and liked all these things, like to eat meat. How's that different than uh, a different picture kind of thing? So that right. gets talked about a little bit. At this, at the party, of course, the editor, this is like the cheesy part, shows up and he's like, where's my story? I want my story. <laughs> Give it to me. My story. It's out of nowhere. Where's my story? Where's my pages? Yeah. And all in all, it, it, you know, she breaks up. No, nothing's going good with Tag. It's not happening. Josh, this is another one of the subplots, but he really just wants to make candles, homemade candles, instead of For working men. at his father's outdoor sporting goods store. But he just needed the balls to say that's what he wanted. And, you know, it is scary when you have sort of a patriarch of a family who just expects you to do what they did or I feel like right parents or take over the family business yeah that's huge I mean that was a theme in while you were sleeping too right yeah that was the exact same thing yeah Bill Pullman just wanted to make his own furniture that's right so Josh finally and Joshy does. boy just wants to make his own candles <laughs> exactly that his, are, that are what, sense though? that men like his dad accepts him it's fine guys just tell your parents lean in um and then at the end, wait, let's see here. So I went from typing to, to writing my notes because sometimes I just, I don't know if you guys do this, but like I'm a spaz. I can't, I have nothing in one place. It's like I've got a memo <laughs> here. I've got notes on my phone. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so she's laying on the bed in where she's staying at his house, at Josh's house downstairs and pops up on her phone. Flirt alert. This is like the online dating site, right? And it says there's a new profile pic in your area. And guess who it is? We all know. But it's Josh in like with cute clothes out or, you know, just like normal, not freaky looking pictures. And she realizes that she is into him. And she decides, you know what? I'm going to knock on the door. So she goes outside. She knocks on the door outside. And she has, this is what I, I mean, guess what? This has been done a million times in movies, including just recently in uh, the rom-com episode of Ted Lasso. 
but mm-hmm. she has the signs like in love actual actually she has she knocks on the door <laughs> and her sign says tell say it's the mormons and the dad you could hear the dad in the back room going who is it and he's like it's the mormons <laughs> and the dad's like for the last time we are not converting i mean that just oh. cracked me up so hard because that would be so something that would happen in my in my family or it would be either the Mormons or the Jehovah Witness, which, you know, good for you. I know it's part of your religion to do it, but my God, don't go to my dad's house. He will yell at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, she puts on music and she goes through this whole list of like, you know, basically like, I didn't know how cool you were. Can you forgive me? I'd really like to make this work, essentially. And it's a sweet, I don't know, it's just a sweet, gorgeous mo- mo- moment because of Partly because the music they're playing, I just like get all sparkly and tingly when I watch it. <laughs> it was really sweet. It's like the rom comiest moment in this rom com. It really she is. Fully, and she then, fully reenacts Love Actually. Really, and then at some at some point she asks him something. Oh yeah, he's something. Do you think you could love actually? It says, and then he takes the pen and writes, "Yippee kaye, motherfucker." So they both mm-hmm. they they both come together with their you know, mm-hmm. best favorite Christmas movies. And the grandma goes, or, or he goes, well, what do we do now? And the grandma from up on the roof, or not the roof, the up on the porch goes, kiss her, you idiot. And they do. And she says, I thought I flew 3,000 miles. Not the grandma, Natalie, she says. <laughs> Natalie. She said, I thought I flew 3,000 miles to see how it ended. Instead, I was... Instead, it was to see how it begins. I kind of like that, you know? You don't know where your life is going, but she... It was, you know, of course, there's a lot of things that were maybe not realistic totally. Like, I don't think I'd feel comfortable staying, like, sleeping in the same room with with a guy who catfished me. I'd be, like, in the basement nonetheless. Like, they don't sleep together, (laughs) but they're sleeping in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, I mean, there was t- plenty unrealistic about this film. It's true. But that's why it's a movie. It's true. It's true. And it was so cute. It was cute. It was so cute. Well, oh, oh, one thing that I was like, okay, so they kiss and they're, you know, I assume it's the next Christmas that they're together. Or maybe it's that Christmas. So anyways, it shows them happy mm-hmm. and lovey and she's part of the family now. My question is this. Now that she has a relationship what the hell is her job for what is she going to start making up stories about disaster love story you know what i mean like that was well now she can just write finished i i have an idea for natalie she can write a new blog bitching about the difficulties of a long distance relationship because she's based in la and he's based in lake placid so she could just basically switch over to writing about the hardships of long distance dating yeah perfect i think that's great (laughs) because that was my one thing i'm like does she just get fired now what the hell but I, I get it. I know. She did never turn in her pages. But all in all, I really love this movie. And I think you will too. It is worth your hour and a half. Um, yeah, it was joyful. Catfishing is not cool. But I was thinking about this, Avrin. Like, because I was thinking about this because of the way this movie treated catfishing. Catfishing? Catfishing. Is that what it's called? That's right. Yeah, that is what It it's feels called. weird coming out of my mouth. Catfishing. Anyways, I feel like... You know, the typical way is like you have a picture that's somebody else and you're hiding behind that picture. But it also talked about, you know, pretending to be something you're not, compromising your beliefs in a way. Like, Mm -hmm. anyways, within that spectrum, have you ever 
have you ever done something like that? Have you ever lied about who you are or something, you, you know? <laughs> well, here's what I will say. Back, you know, in the prehistoric days of like dial-up internet and before <laughs> catfishing was a term, I think little 14-year-old Avrin really liked to catfish people in the AOL <laughs> chat rooms. Because I just always made up different names and because it was always creepy. Like, of course, I was probably talking to 70-year-old men who were catfishing me, you know, Ew. but like just chatting and they always want to know what you look like. And I always lied. I was always like, I'm 5'10 and I have like auburn hair and hazelish green eyes. I don't know. Like, Oh, my God. And my name is, you know, Noelle or something. I don't know if I ever said that name, but it's Christmas time, so it felt right. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Have you ever done that? You know, I was thinking about this. I, I was like, I don't think I can, I can't think of a specific moment, but I will say something as I've gotten older, I definitely could change for somebody, like whoever I was dating, I could easily adapt to things that they liked, which I think is kind of shitty in a way for me. Th like the Vanya now, thinking back on my old mm -hmm. young self, like, instead of just being like, I don't like whatever it is. I don't like, I don't like to eat potatoes. Instead, I'd be like, mm, these are, potatoes are wonderful. And so part of that is probably like being polite. I think I went to church with somebody who was Catholic once and I'm like, I'm definitely not Catholic. Why am I at this church? You know what I mean? Right. Like things like that. Yeah, I would just, just like adapt a kind of adjusting your personality. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people, especially when we're young and we don't necessarily feel super solid in the knowledge of who we are, yeah. that it's easy to just try on different personas based on, I like this guy and he likes that, so I like that. Or like liking sports. Like that's definitely something mm -hmm. that I've pretended to do. Sorry for anybody yes, who's just Yes, there's a great, out. I was going to say there's also another not great rom-com, but a fun one, The Runaway Bride, right? Where Julia oh, Roberts yeah. doesn't know how she likes her eggs because she always just eats her eggs the way whichever fiance. Wow. Right? Did you like how I just called back a totally different... Appreciate that 100%. Love it, love it, love mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to watch it. Okay, so... Yeah, right? That's a fun this, one. That is amazing. And that is, in a way, you know, it it's sad. So let's not do that, guys. Just love let's yourself. Be, your, and be authentic. Be your authentic self, yeah. I think, was the message of the movie. And it was fun because the authentic selves of the catfish and the catfishy... Or catfisher and catfishy um, ended up being perfect for each other. And now I'm going to tell you a fucking story that's going to blow your mind. Oh, I can't wait. Blow it. So after you told me what movie we were doing, and before I watched it, because I knew obviously catfishing was going to be, crack your soda. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> I tried right, to Do it, it girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, craziest catfish stories. Because we've actually covered a couple really crazy ones. We so have. We did the tall, hot blonde. Yes. Where some lady pretended to basically be her own daughter and someone died and it was horrible. Oh, so we covered Love Fraud on Patreon, which was like a guy that catfished. Well, I guess he didn't really catfish them, but he he lied about who he was, yeah. even though the picture exactly. was of him. Um, and so I was just like, all right, what is the craziest catfishing story I can find. And I came across this article in The Atlantic written by a crime reporter, Jeff Mache. And let me just share with you this story. So this is um, all information I took out of uh, Jeff Mache's article. So Emma Perrier was tired of being single. After spending months nursing a broken heart, she decided to give online dating a try. Because, you know, like, that's really all there is now. If you're like, yeah. I haven't met anyone in my real life. 
So she downloads the dating app Zeusk. Now, the second O in Zeusk's logo looks like a diamond engagement ring. So the idea here, guys, is this is not a for fun dating right. app. This is people looking for serious, committed, long-term, maybe marriageable relationships. Um, and so Emma took the three selfies that the app requires to authenticate and verify her your identity, and she puts herself out there. Emma is from a small town in the French Alps, not far from the source of Perrier mineral water. So I guess Emma Perrier is from Perrier. I don't know <laughs> if there's like a relation there, but her last name is Perrier, and she's from a small town close to where that water's source is. Um, she was 34, petite and brunette, and she found it hard to meet men in her real life because she didn't like going out to bars and nightclubs, and the men she met at the coffee shop where she worked as a barista were mostly stockbrokers who just wanted some damn coffee, not a meat cute. So <laughs> she's just having a hard time meeting men. Plus, her last boyfriend had been a guy, a customer, that she had met at work, and after eight months of dating, he told her that he had never loved her, broke up with her, and broke her heart. Ew. So coffee bar boys were banned from here on out. No more coffee, coffee shop guys. <laughs> so as soon as Emma's dating profile went live, her phone starts blowing up with notifications of men on Zeus interested in connecting with her. Now, the app allows Emma to look at all of the men, you know, that are like pinging her or swiping right or whatever uh -huh. it is you do on Zeus. Um, but she can't interact with them until she subscribes for $34 a month. Oh. And I was like, that is a racket. Like, look, let's dangle all these men that want to meet you, but you can't talk to them or read the messages they sent you until you pay us. Um, so that night, a private message arrives in her inbox from a dark-haired Italian named Ronaldo Ronnie, and I'm going to butcher how you pronounce this last name, but I think it's Cicluna. It's S-C-I-C-L-U-N-A, Cicluna. But the message he sent her was blurred out. The app was not going to let her see what he had said until she gave them that money. Oh. So Emma FaceTimes with her twin sister, Gael, and the two are giggling as they're going through all the photos in Ronnie's profile. He's gorgeous. He's 34 years old as well, just like her. And he works as an electrician in England's West Midlands, which is only 100 miles away from where she lives. So it's not he doesn't live super far away. Um, and deciding that she just she has to see what this message says she forks over the subscription fee to Zeus and opens the message and it says you look beautiful and I was like that's really anticlimactic yeah but anyway that's what it said I thought it was I don't know what I thought, I thought it, was it was gonna, gonna be say, a dick pic like, or something right or just like something so romantic that you were like oh here we go but just you look beautiful it seems kind of easy and not that um witty or clever but the two begin to message back and forth um learning that they were both lonely Europeans working blue-collar jobs in London. And trying to charm her, Ronnie attempts to message her in French, because remember, she's French. Um, and so Emma, trying to be equally charming, messages him back in Italian, and she's surprised that he doesn't understand a word of what she sent him. And I, red flag, number one. Number one. But... So, Emma, that was red flag number one. It happened literally like the first night you guys talked. Um, but he explained it away, telling her his mother was English and his Italian father almost never spoke in Italian, so he'd never picked the language up. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, maybe don't lead with your Italian if you don't speak Italian. But who knows? Eventually, their messaging moves from Zeus to WhatsApp, which is the free messaging 
app that people know about. And every morning on her train commute to work, she sat glued to her phone, wondering how she'd gotten so lucky to meet this gorgeous, charming guy. Her favorite picture of Ronnie was one where he wore a leather jacket and he looked like a pop star. Like he reminded her of like the pop stars of the 90s, the London pop stars that she was into. And she felt like a teenager again. And then here's a little bit of direct quotes from their messaging back and forth. You could have easily picked someone else, Ronnie told her one day. No, you're the only one I wanted to talk to. I paid because of you, she replied. As soon as I saw your picture, I wanted you, he wrote. Makes me happy to know that, Emma replied. And then four red heart emojis lit up her scream and Emma's heart leapt. Because <laughs> nothing makes a heart leap more than a red heart emoji. I overuse those if that's the reaction people are having to them. <laughs> All right. So Ronnie was hot. He was funny and caring. But there was just one small problem, you guys. Ronnie Cicluna was not real. Aww. He was a fictional man made up by Alan Stanley, a short, bald, 53-year-old shop fitter. Aww. And that job description basically is somebody who goes in and like decorates and designs retail stores. Oh. Um, who lived alone. That's his job. I just thought I'd explain what a shop fitter was. I'm glad was, you did. Because I'd never heard of that. Yeah. So he's a short, bald, 53-year-old shop fitter who lived alone in Stratford-upon-Avon, which is, you know, where Shakespeare lived. Mm -hmm. um, Alan used his alter ego, Ronnie, to fool women into romance and to prevent himself from getting hurt. Uh, Ronnie was a ladies' man, charming and attractive, everything that Alan Stanley was not. And after his marriage of 22 years had fallen apart, he'd spent... A year just throwing himself into work and not even considering romance but enough had been enough he was lonely and he needed someone to talk to but he wasn't confident enough to wade back into the dating pool as himself so he stole some photos of a male model off of google and ronnie secluna was born Aww. does that sound like someone we know yeah <laughs> he doesn't believe in himself steal some photos start some lion it's about to break some hearts okay so the flirty messages between Emma and Ronnie escalate from small talk to inside jokes and pet names and late night phone calls that lasted for hours. And eventually, the two agreed to delete the dating app and become exclusive. They texted and spoke every day and started saying, I love you. There's just one problem. Emma couldn't get Ronnie to meet her in person. He was always traveling for work or had to spend time with his dying father or he was vacationing at his family's home in Spain. He just was never available. Always had an excuse why they couldn't get together. Red flag. And Emma, Emma, I know, red flag, guys. And Emma was, she's frustrated. She told Ronnie that she would accommodate whatever needed to be done if they could just have dinner, she'd come to him. She'd fly to Spain. I don't know. I made that up. She yeah. didn't say that. But she would basically like whatever he needed to make it work, she would do it so they could just have dinner together. And still he held her off. So after being in a relationship with this guy, an exclusive relationship where they talk every day, text multiple times, they love each other. Um, after six months, her family is like, I think you need to just ditch this dude. Um, he's obviously not interested in a real relationship because he would have met you, we would have met him. Like, he would be part of your life. Yeah. I think we're wasting your time here. Um, and Emma, who had recently gotten a new job as a manager at an Italian chain restaurant, so I guess, like, think Olive Garden, that's called Zizzy in Richmond, um, 
So her family's like, don't do it. And she's like, no, it's fine. I love him. I love him. We're going to meet. It's going to be great. Um, now she's got this new job and she's constantly going on and on to her coworkers about her wonderful boyfriend, Ronnie. And so some of the staff that she works with, they start asking her, like, why haven't we met him? Like, why doesn't he pick you up from work? Why doesn't he come in and have free food? You know, you're, you're a manager. Where's your man? They're always talking about. And then Emma admits to them that she hadn't actually met him in person. And one of the servers who worked at the restaurant was this young guy named um, Abraham asked her, why not? Like, what do you mean you haven't met him? And she told him he was extremely busy and he traveled all the time. And Abraham turned right to Emma and told her, it sounds like he doesn't want to meet you. Maybe the guy you're talking to isn't who you think. He's probably some old man, maybe even a psycho. And then Abraham's like, but I, I know an app that you could use that could help figure out if the pictures of Ronnie that you get, like where they come from, if they're really him. So Emma downloads the app. It's called Reverse Image App. Uh-huh. And she uploads her favorite photo of Ronnie, the one where he's wearing the leather jacket. And the results arrive in seconds. The man in the photograph was a, a model and actor from Turkey named Adem Guzel. She then immediately texts <gasps> Ronnie and said, do you have anything to tell me about Adem Guzel? And I hope I'm saying that name right. Um, Thinking quick on his feet because catfishers are quick. He responds immediately with, it is me. I was a model when I was a little bit younger and I used a different name professionally. (sighs) And Emma isn't convinced. So she's like, then FaceTime me right now. Like, I want to see your face right now. And Ronnie tells her... (laughs) I couldn't believe this. I was like, oh, my God, Emma, girl, dump this dude. But Ronnie tells her that FaceTiming is for teenagers and just drop it. I'm not FaceTiming you, okay? So just stop asking. Only teenagers use FaceTime or something like what? that. What? What? Exactly. Where I was like, okay, Emma, the break up with him. Be like, FaceTime me or we're over. But obviously, you know, she's in love with this guy and she wants to believe. That's that it. He, that why, why would he lie? Why would he lie? So that's actually what I wrote next. But Emma still wanted to believe in her fantasy, not the glaringly obvious truth that she was being catfished. And this is a quote from the article. She said, I couldn't believe it because, you know, when you talk to someone every day and you share your life, he was my confidant. Like, why would he pretend to be someone he wasn't? So in August of 2016, about a year after Ronnie and Emma's relationship started, Alan Stanley, a.k.a. Ronnie, had to buy a new computer after his old one stopped working so he set his whole new thing up using his personal email address and then he sent emma a message and uh the message sounded like ronnie it said it was from ronnie but it was sent from an email address that said alan stanley oh my god whoops alan slash ronnie had made his first mistake but he tried to cover his ass by saying that he would bought the computer used from someone else and they hadn't yet like changed it over into his name but at this point between him refusing to meet her, the photos of him belonging to someone with a different name, and now this email from an Alan Stanley, Emma is filled with doubt about her love. She continues on with the relationship, but she starts to scrutinize everything he sends her. And then one day, he sent her a photograph from an, aquar- from an aquarium, and it was a picture of like the type of fish that's from Finding Nemo, the clownfish, I uh-huh. think is what they're called. So Emma uploads the pic that he sent, to that reverse image app, and the result um, sends her to a TripAdvisor review that was illustrated with the same exact photo written by an Alan S. 
Oh, so she got the email from an Alan Stanley when she did the reverse image search. It was it took her to a TripAdvisor review that was written by an Alan S. So in that moment, she knew. She typed Alan's email address into Google and she found the real Ronnie, saw his social media accounts, saw his real photos, and she was devastated. Alan was sitting in early morning rush hour traffic when his phone rang. And again, here's the little quotes from the article. Is your real name Alan? Emma asked. No, he replied. But it is, it is, it is, Emma said through tears. And then Alan, Alan has the fucking audacity to accuse Emma of having trust issues, to which Emma screams back, don't talk to me about trust, Alan Stanley, (laughs) and hangs up the phone on him. So the jig is up. When Alan gets to work, he calls Emma back and he tells her everything. Emma told uh, told him she felt like a fool. They both cried. Emma had questions. Why did you do this? Are you deranged? Are you a pervert? Like, what is your deal? Why did you mess with me? And Alan finally sends her a real photo of himself and told her he did it because he didn't think anyone would want the real him. Emma asked Alan if they could meet in person to give their relationship a proper ending and some closure. To which case I was like, wait, what? Right. You want to meet him in person? Um, But she's smart about it. She doesn't go. She doesn't like meet him. At his house, they go to a public place. They meet in the lounge of a London Hilton hotel. They both cry. Alan apologizes again and again. They go for a long walk, and then they part ways. And they kind of remained. They kind of remained in this weird, like, friend relationship. They don't see each other. She's not interested in him, but they had this bond, right? So they're still like yeah. texting sometimes. Um, she bought him like a pair of Hugo Boss socks for Christmas, even though all of this had come out. All right. So I just want you guys to know that they remained friendly, but not together anymore. So <clears throat> still heartbroken, but determined that no other woman is going to get played by Mr. Alan Stanley. Um, she writes a Facebook message to the Turkish model in the photos. Oh, yeah. So the tag in the situation, she Facebook messages the model whose photos Alan had been using to pretend he was Ronnie. And this is the note that she wrote him. Hello, Adem. We don't know each other, but a year ago I met a guy online and that man is using your pictures and is pretending to be you under another name. I wasn't sure if getting in touch with you was a good idea, but I needed you to know. Kind regards, Emma. Now, Adem Guzel nearly ignored this message, you guys. The shy 35-year-old model He was suffering from a really bad head cold when it came in. And this wasn't the first message of this nature that he'd received. So he kind of glanced at it and was like, whatever, drew himself a hot bath and sank into the water. And maybe it was the effects of the cold medicine or the super hot bath, but it felt like there was an invisible person yelling in his ear, pick up the phone. This is all from that article. Yeah. So Adem gets out of the bath and he messages Emma back and a conversation starts. When Emma told Adem how Alan had fooled her, it made him furious. After messaging back and forth for a while, Emma asked Adem if he wanted to FaceTime. And even though he was like, I don't really like to do that, okay. So when his face appeared on her screen, Emma couldn't believe it. He was real. It was him, the man that she was in love with, like the Whoa. face of him. Um, he was a real person. And there he was on her phone. And the two spoke for a really long time, telling each other their stories, kind of getting to know each other. And they started kind of text messaging each other after this. But Adem, who was still working as a model and actor, had to move home to the small village in Turkey he was from, a village called Sarkoy. And unfortunately, 
that small village has next to no cell service. So their like ongoing text flirtation that had just sort of started kind of fizzles out. But in January of 2017, the conversation is reignited. Adem said it felt like fate was pulling him towards her. But Emma was not about to get yanked into another like long distance. I never see you relationship with the same guy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but not the same guy. Um, and so she says, OK, uh, I'd like it if you'd come visit me so that we can actually hang out in person and and see if this is a thing. So will you come to London? And he immediately says, yes, I will. Oh. So on March 31st of 2017, Emma sent her catfish, Alan Stanley, one final goodbye message. And it said, Alan, I want you to I want to tell you that tomorrow I'm going to pick up a dem at the airport and I still don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm going to meet my Ronnie in quotes. You built up all this shit and I'm not sure if I should thank you or detest you for that. But this is happening. Wow. And I just love that she was like she was just like, so F you, I'm going to meet the guy in the photos that you wanted to be. So on April 1st of 2017, April Fool's Day, Emma stood at the airport, her body shaking with nerves. The arrival hall was filled with passengers who had just gotten off their planes. And then there he was, striding towards her in a white T-shirt and a blue cardigan. The man in her photographs come to life. He was taller than she expected. And when he caught her eye, she felt weak in the knees. The two embraced in the middle of the airport, and Emma thought to herself that he smelled fantastique. That's what it said in the article. <laughs> Emma offered Adem a sandwich that she had made for him in case he was hungry upon arrival, which I just thought, well, that's really sweet and thoughtful. So she like brought him a sandwich and was like, just in case you're hungry. So um, she notices that when he like goes to take a bite of the sandwich that his hand is shaking, so he's Aww. nervous too. So there's this kind of excited, nervous energy between the two of them. So they go outside to get like an Uber home or whatever, and it seemed to be taking longer than usual. So they're quiet. There's this nervous energy. Um, Adam steps off the curb to look for the Uber and gets hit. But no, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Um, I was like, wait. No. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, when, so he steps off the curb to look for their Uber. Um <laughs> And then he turns back towards Emma and finds himself eye level with her. And then inexplicably, she leans in and she kissed him. The spark was undeniable. They went back to her apartment. And when Adem opened his suitcase, the leather jacket from her favorite no. photo was right there on top. What? They spent the whole trip pretending to be tourists in her hometown and goofing around, taking silly selfies together. And both of them said it felt like they'd known each other for always. And then on April 23rd of 2017, their story became a tabloid sensation. My catfish became Cupid, Emma told the Daily Mirror. So after the article, several other victims of Alan Stanley came forward and reached out to Emma, including a woman from New York who had been in an online relationship with Ronnie for five years and had no idea. Alan Stanley basically had to move away from his small town because everyone was like, you suck, dude. Yeah. And he had to have a really hard conversation with his adult daughter, who was like the same age as the women he was catfishing. But he he does say that he is grateful that Emma's story had a happy ending um, and that I guess in a weird way he played a part in it. And Adem and Emma now live together in London. There are challenges because he is from Turkey, which is not part of the European Union. He can only stay in London for six months at a time. He can't get a job when he's there, but they're determined to make their relationship work and do whatever it takes to be together. So her catfish became her Cupid 
and now she's living happily ever after. That's So she, great. this is like the opposite of the movie, kind of. So she gets catfished, but then the pictures of the model that the guy stole, she and the model fall in love. And that's a real story, you guys. I love it. It is a real story. We will post their pictures. I know that wasn't really a crime story. I was just like, I have to do this. This is the craziest true catfishing story ever. I mean, it should be a crime. It should be a crime. Catfishing know? should be a crime. And in some cases, if someone gets hurt, it is, uh, sure. obviously. But nobody got hurt, luckily, in this story. I, I just thought it was My favorite part is that wild. the guy, Alan, likes to just put trip advisor reviews all the time. I mean, that's the weirdest part. I'm like, what is this person? Well, that's doing? actually, I remember, I remember thinking to myself, Anya, like, oh, Alan's the type of guy who writes a trip advisor review on an aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you everything you need to know about Alan. Yeah. Just like, I mean, no offense and if you do that, but like, if he, 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 he must have just, he must just be glued to his computer all the time because he's like seeing a bunch of women, right? Yeah. Well, and I love how the article did a good job of kind of downplaying the fact that when this all would come out and become public knowledge that several other women came forward yeah. and so it wasn't just her he wasn't just some lonely sad guy ashamed of what he looked like right or I mean, he might have been that too but it wasn't just her in his life like he made it sound like he really cared about her he just feared that she would never want him in reality but he was doing it to several women so he wasn't even being faithful he wasn't a faithful he's catfisher. a cheating catfisher he can go on out that's and right just kill it. Just catfishing all the people. But anyway, so that's the true life story to tie in to this uh, week's rom-com. All right. Well, I found that fascinating. And guys, don't catfish. Don't catfish. Just love yourself. Just be yourselves. And just know that there is, there's, I hate to say this because maybe it's not true, but you know, there's somebody for everybody. Feels like a ship. So be authentic so that you find your real somebody. Like don't pretend to be someone else. Don't steal someone else's photos. Yeah. And if you're a good person, maybe, maybe it'll come to you. Won't end up being run out. Yeah, like look what happened for, for Emma. She didn't lie about who she was or what she wanted, and look what she got. She got a male model out of it. Yeah, who actually loves her back. You know, like I just love that they they met and they actually fell in love. I I love that so much, and the fact that you know she her knees got weak when she saw him. I mean, the fact that they just even met and and they're together is amazing. But yeah, right. it's just it's so beyond me that people catfish but and then the fact is like you said this is sure it's not a crime we have covered if you guys are interested we've covered a couple other ones that are pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah the tall hot blonde one is wild yeah that's the title of the episode i think it's from season two season yeah i think season two i think so season one um, guys, thank you. It is the holiday rom-com season and we are here bringing here. you rom-coms rom and crimes and it's going to be great. Yeah, rom-crimes. We're right. bringing you the rom-crimes. Because that's what we do. And uh, we will be back next week with another new episode and we look forward to chatting with you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Rom-crimes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Crime. If you did like it, please rate, review, and subscribe, all those good things, and share it with a friend who you think might be into the rom-com true crime genre that we're dipping our toes into. Follow us on all social platforms at Rom Crime. We'll see you next week with another Rom Crime with Avern and Vanya. Produced, directed, edited, and researched by us. Till next week.